Welcome to Visibility Era, the podcast. We've created a community of business owners with a spiritual backbone who know that they are here to make an impact and be seen on top tier media, create relationships with high profile experts and speak on massive stages. And let's be honest, more exposure equals more money. And we are so here for that too. We're Bridget and Lydia, time to step into your Visibility Era. Before we hop into today's episode, I just want to guide you all over to our new YouTube channel. Now, we have been recording episodes for the Visibility Era podcast since around May or June of 2023, and all along that journey, we kept hearing in our head, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Now, I am a, it's Bridget, I'm a religious YouTube watcher. Like, my husband and I do not have cable. We watch YouTube, whether it's watching travel content, um, health content, or business content, YouTube is my place. So I know that it works. You build that trust, you build that community, you put out good content, it becomes something that works. And we finally decided to start taking our YouTube channel seriously. So if you want to learn more about some of the platforms that we actually incorporate into our programs, especially Pitch Party, we talk about Harrow, we talk about Quoted, we talk about Connectively, and some of the changes in the industry, head over to our YouTube channel, give us a subscribe. I think we need a thousand subscribers to be able to monetize the channel. We're at 50. So, you know, we all have to start somewhere. Send us some love over on that channel. Share it with a friend. We are so, so grateful for you. All right. Welcome, everyone. Back to the Visibility Era podcast. We are here today with another awesome guest, Jackie Tempera. Welcome, Jackie, to the show. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. We're excited to talk to you today because you really come at this angle of visibility from both perspectives. You're an award-winning journalist, you're a writer for women's health, and you also understand the magic of storytelling and how helping women tell their story will actually help them attract clients and get media attention. So we're really excited to like take both of those aspects in our conversation with you today. And I think where we should begin is how the heck did you get into this work in the first place? How did you start writing? Like what came first here? Yeah. So I've always loved writing. Um, I was definitely like the girl who had like a you know, like a little notebook of poems or whatever I was writing about, like whatever boy borrowed my marker at school <laughs> or whatever, um, what have you. So uncovering those has been a lot of fun. But I um had to write a book report on someone when I was like eight and I picked Oprah Winfrey because she was about the coolest person I could ever imagine. She got to talk to people and ask them whatever questions she wanted. She had this whole like glamorous setup. So I was like, okay, cool. That's what I'll do. Um, So, you know, very confident little girl. And I realized that she was a news reporter. So that's sort of where journalism was introduced into my life. Um, I grew up in a household where my parents never watched the news at all. So it wasn't really something that was in my awareness. So reading this biography, and I wish like I could remember even what it was, like who wrote it, um, like totally blew my mind as a kid. And I just was like very singularly focused on becoming um, a journalist and someone successful as successful as Oprah or someone who had their own talk show. So that obviously shifted a little bit um, as I got older. And 
I truly just fell in love with journalism. And again, like <laughs> I was right on when I was uh, reading that bio. I love talking to people. I love asking people questions and really getting to the heart of what they're about. And it is a unique skill of mine that I've come to hone and recognize over um, my career. I've been a reporter since, I mean, formally since I'm about 16, um, informally since I was nine. I had my own um, newspaper called the Puppy Press. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Tell us more. <laughs> yeah, it was um, really, really hard-hitting stuff. Um, everybody wants to be a dog was the my little play um and everyone's like Jackie that's supposed to be cat and I'm like you don't understand my brain um but anyway uh yeah so I always loved writing and reporting even if it was like about like my neighbor being weird or like my dog or whatever it was that I was writing about so that um kind of naturally propelled me I went to a specialty high school here in New Jersey that was focused on communications and journalism and then um studied that in college and then was really just off to the races. I started writing for um, the Boston Globe and the Providence Journal after graduating. I did a lot of courts and crime and breaking news stories um, and eventually just reached a point where it got to be too depressing for me, um, dealing in that subject matter all day, every day. Um, I knew it was important work that I was doing to be going and covering you know, the sh a shooting that happened the night before in Boston or something of that nature. But um, I'm very sensitive and it became really challenging for me. So I ended up feeling very burnt out and sort of taking a step back. And in that step back was able to, again, recognize that there is a commonality here and it doesn't have to be me burning myself out by writing 15 breaking news stories a day. Um, my gifts actually can be better used when I am in a regulated place and can help women share their stories on their own terms. So that's where I invented um, Story Magic, which is my signature storytelling framework to really help um, women who own businesses, particularly founders, share their story in compelling and new ways to, like you said, attract those dream clients, those media opportunities, and you know, get some visibility. Yeah. Jackie, thank you so much for sharing that. Like what a breath of fresh air, because <laughs> I also have been in media for, I mean, not 16. So you got some years on me, but for about 10 years and I started in the music industry and I still love music to this day, but it burnt me the fuck out to be completely honest yeah. with you. And so this kind of leads me to my next question of you really stood out to me. I, I email what, like a bajillion writers a day <laughs> and I follow them all on Instagram and I know what they're doing. And that's just like a part of the PR life. I always joke around that we are like socially acceptable uh, stalkers basically, same. but same. Same. And that's just like, yeah, just like what we do. <laughs> but what really stood out to me is like you not only write about a lot of wellness, which is great because a lot of my clients are in the wellness space and even invisibility <laughs> on purpose. But I saw you like really practicing what you preach. And like, I just love everything you're doing with story magic. I saw that you're doing yoga and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if you know this, but Bridget is a Kundalini yoga instructor. And so oh. yeah, there's just so much crossover. So I want to ask you like, 
where did you, where did your love of wellness really come into play? And did you kind of start writing about it and that sparked your curiosity or was it more about like, I need to regulate myself. This is my interest. And then like pitching to maybe women's health and then starting to be a regular writer there. That is a really excellent question. And I don't know that anyone has ever asked me that before. So thank you, Lydia. Um, (laughs) I, so super jazzed to hear you're a Kundalini yoga instructor. Gonna have to come and take a class. Um, I am, I got my, uh, 200 hour yoga teacher training last year and I feel like I'm on, I'm definitely more in my like wellness era, my wellness journey now, but I would say, um, it started probably around the time where I was talking about where I felt just so burnt out from this job that like, you know, as I'm sharing with you, it's something that I held in my heart since I was a little girl. So to, reach this sort of pinnacle that you've been imagining since you're eight and then be like, oh, but it's not right. It's not fitting. I don't feel good. Um, this, the work that I'm doing is important, but it's not like lighting me up anymore. Um, to reach that point was really scary. And that came at a time where I was also facing a lot of sexual harassment in the workplace. And, um, on top of that, I also was sexually assaulted. So just a absolute shit storm of events all happening to me at once at 24. Um, so it really, uh, to be completely frank, just really knocked me on my ass. And I didn't know which way was up and which way was down. And this like really like hard charging girl that I have been my whole life, um, I didn't feel like she was with me anymore. So I really had to go through this process of learning what works for me Um, learning how to stop relying on adrenaline and accomplishments and climbing up this ladder that I had imagined for myself when I was, uh, you know, a different person and really focus on, like I said, like nervous system regulation, um, coming back home into my body and um, practicing all of these things. So I think that when I started my career as a journalist, I always, uh, I always loved fashion and wellness and astrology and all of these like more girly quote unquote topics. Um, But I had kind of gaslit myself into thinking that it was stupid and I should be focused on something more serious. So I think this whole journey has brought me back to the things that I really do love and has shown me that there is such tremendous power in writing about these wellness topics because people look towards wellness and look towards these things like yoga, breath work. Um, I'm trying to become Reiki certified this year, um, things of that nature. Um, they look for them when they're in a dark spot, you know, and that's when I found, um, wellness to be a really important part of my life. So I think that it kind of happened naturally, but, um, it really illuminated to me the importance of taking care of oneself after years of not doing that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I always say that normally people don't find themselves into this alternative health, wellness, mental health space because they want to. Like normally it's because of some sort of internal challenge that led them there. And it's like, this is the only solution. And it's such a gift that we find ourselves there. I wish we'd have to go through the challenge to arrive there. But alas, we're all here. Um, You know, you as a writer and a reporter what are the types of pieces that you're loving you know putting out content towards what pitches are you loving getting these days like what are the topics that you are just like I want more of 
Mm, another great question. Um, so I know, like in the wellness world, you mean? Yes. Yeah. I mean, in general. Further, yeah. So wellness, I'm just like really into skincare. I'm like a very, um, like, like we'll talk like lightest fare, really into skincare at the moment. Um, I'm pitching a couple of things around that just because I've been on my own skincare journey um, and mm -hmm. learning about different products that can really like help uh, people like gain more confidence because I think skin and appearance in that way can be a big thing. And I also think that's like very trendy right now. I also am, oh, I'm not going to remember the name of the brand, which is such a bummer, but they do these Reiki infused skin, uh, like masks. And I feel like Reiki infused skincare is really like about to be a big thing. I had never heard of it and I'm like, woo woo witch to the max. So I was shocked. Um, oh man. I know Heidi Klum did them. They're wonderful. They sent me the products. They're awesome. Um, I you wish know I it. Olivia, do you know it? I see you so like. Thinking. I'm laughing because when I did beauty um, PR a million bajillion years ago, mm -hmm. uh, we had this brand called Crystal Hills from Canada okay. and they did Reiki infused skincare. And that was one of the first times I'd heard about Reiki and LOL to a few years later, I'm Reiki one certified. My boyfriend's um, moms are a Reiki master. <laughs> I really love this. I love this synchronicity that's happening here. Um, circle. Well, I'll tag the brand on my story because I do love it and I don't want to spend too much time, um, digging in my brain for it, but yeah. I like, um, pitches like that. And then I truly just like, um, more to like the side of my business, any woman that's like really, um, or any person, I shouldn't say just woman. I primarily work with women, but, um, any person that is passionate, who is like, I know that this thing that I'm doing is the best thing in the world even if it's not to me, even if it's something that I'm like, mm, okay, maybe I'm going to pass on this one. It's about like a UTI supplement or something. If the person's passionate and fiery about it and like telling me their story, like that cuts through no matter what. So I think that's the main message I would give to anyone pitching themselves. Like, yeah, I'll have my moment when I'm into Reiki infused skincare, or I'm really into like astrology books, or I'm pitching a lot about like travel but the thing that always cuts through is people who are passionate and people who truly are like riding hard for themselves and their ideas yeah definitely I would love to hear about how you started I I was listening to one of your reels on Instagram that was like storytelling is the best asset we could have and I was like preach 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 so I would love to hear like how this kind of idea came to be obviously you're a natural, amazing storyteller, but like what sparked the idea of like, oh, maybe I should teach other people how to do this. This is so important. Yeah. So um, thank you for saying I'm an amazing storyteller. I did not always feel that way, which is a lot of the reason why I created um, this in particular offer. So with Story Magic, I really sit down, I interview um, the founders and like dig into their background. It's like, we're talking about your high school prom. We're talking about your <laughs> breakup. We're getting into like what your mom did to you when you were a little girl, um, whatever, like we're getting into all the details. And I really go deep like that to get people in this sort of like conversational state, because I think as soon as we're told to introduce ourselves, it brings this like absolute freeze response. And as someone who is a, a talker, um, you know, I've been talking before I could walk. Um, I never shut up. Um, 
I found myself just completely like gobsmacked trying to introduce myself to people, um, especially when I started to run my own business. Um, it was easy for me to say, oh, I'm a journalist and I work for XYZ publication and I write about politics, right? Like that's easy to say, easy to explain. To explain to like, I was at a, um, this is really where Story Magic started. I was at my cousin's um, anniversary party and a relative came up, up to me and said, um, oh, your daddy told us about your little website. Um, it's so amazing that you're running this little blog. And I wanted to punch him in the face and say like, oh, well, I heard about your little doctor's office or I heard about your little um, whatever. Um, so, I, but I had no response. I was like, uh, well, it's more than that. I do writing, I do marketing. And I just kind of like tumbled, like fumbled over my words and really didn't do myself any justice. And I left that party like, whoa, what the hell was that? Um, if I can't introduce myself to this, like random cousin of my dad's, um, how am I introducing myself to my clients? Like, uh, that's was scary to me. So I really got to work um, crafting a version of the story that um, I told you all at the beginning of the podcast, because it feels natural to me. Those are truly like the points that um, stuck out, stood out to me in my own life. And then I started really, um, yeah, I mean, I knew from my own experience, if I'm someone who has been telling stories for a living for at that point, like close to 10 years or more than 10 years, uh, and I'm struggling to introduce myself, what is going on with people who are running businesses that are not surrounded by communication. Um, how is the, you know, the jeweler introducing herself? How is like, you know, the Reiki master, the confidence coach, like those people, they're maybe not trained in these things. So that's really where my um, motivation came from. And yeah, it's so exciting when you can introduce yourself too. I think that there's such a level of confidence and empowerment and you feel it, right? Like you feel it in the bottom of your stomach. You feel that fire um, instead of that panic. And seeing the women that go through my, the VIP offer and through my group coaching really go from that, like, uh, I do this and I write sometimes and I make art and I do whatever, but it's not a big deal to be like, no, like I am the best artist in my area. It's like, it gives me chills right now. It's like my favorite thing on earth. <laughs> Let me just say like, you are our person. <laughs> I have never heard something so aligned in my life. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. No, I feel the same way with you, you ladies too. It's just like, yeah, I was so excited when I like, cause we knew each other from our, I don't know if you want to call it day jobs, but our like yeah, journalism and job. PR, sure. Uh, work. And then once I started seeing the work that you were doing on your own Instagram, I was like, oh, she's so sick. Like, I love this. Like, this is so fun. Um, like, I love when people really take something that they know so well, like you two do with PR and bring it to other people in like a way that they can really use. I think that's such a beautiful gift and something that's really empowering to all of the people you touch. Gosh, thank you. Um, I have a question for you. So like, of course, but so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. If it's okay, I'm just going to raise my hand. So when people come to you and they say things like, I don't really have a story, like, what do you tell them? Because I mean, I know the answer to this, but like, what would you tell them if they come to you and they're like, my story's not that great. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> I tell them they're wrong. Um, you're wrong. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty blunt, but, uh, 
Yeah, I think of uh, the example that I that always comes to mind is um my own bookkeeper Ellie. She is a female entrepreneur. She's awesome. She Pothos bookkeeping. I shout her out all day long. She invested in a story magic session with me, which was so exciting. And she was convinced that she had no connection to bookkeeping. She was like, I just Googled it. And then I applied to it one day. Like, you're not going to, she's like, you're not going to find some like whatever through here. Like there's nothing behind the surface. And I kept, you know, digging and digging and digging. And then at some point, like in our conversation, she was like, you know what I just remembered? When I was a little girl, I used to make color coded um, chore charts and keep track of every time I made my bed and every time I mowed the lawn and I would get 25 cents per each one. And my brothers never did this, but my mom ended up having to pay me, I think it was something like $100 from all of these chores that she had done over the course of a year. So I was like, um, excuse me, ma'am. So you're trying to tell me you've been a bookkeeper since you were five? Like, and that was not going to be interesting to your clients. So um, I think being that mirror for people, like when something is so second nature to us, like I can tell myself that the story I'm telling you is boring um, or I could really believe in it. And um, I think it, sometimes it just takes someone to reflect back to you. Like, no, that's not boring. That's actually really cool that you had that inclination because I don't know about you both, but I'm a, I'm not a color coordinated color coder. I'm not making a spreadsheet. So um, when I was five, I certainly wasn't. And that like is now one of her catchphrases for her um, business is like, do you want to hire, you know, a man sitting behind a desk in a blazer or the girl who's been color coding her chore chart since she's five? Like, that's like, like, Mm, I love that line. Like, I know I wrote it, but it just makes me so excited every time. I think you hit the nail on the head, though. It is so hard for us to see our own magic when we are just in that silo of showing up for our work, working with clients. Like, we're not we're not taking that third perspective and saying, yeah, what am I actually doing here? What initiated? What, like, sparked this? What informed? And I always see it as, like, these little puzzle pieces throughout our life. And these little puzzle pieces planted seeds in these, like, moments and to create this, like, beautiful tapestry of the work that we're doing now. But it's so important for someone like you to be able to pull that out of the founder because it is very hard for them to move forward, you know, especially, and we see this in, in Pitch Party, our program, it's very hard for them to be like, okay, let me write a pitch if they don't understand their magic. Like there, there is that confidence piece to be like, yeah, like what, what is my thing? Well, how did I get here? And I love that you, like there's so much synergy between all of us because you do the same thing. You pull it out, the magic. Yes, we have to like, yeah, it's crazy. And I love that you both are spiritual too, because I do think that like my spirituality and my like wellness journey has like sharpened my my intuition and my ability to really do this work with people in such a huge way. Like, of course, I also got information out of people when I was reporting. Um, but honestly, one of the things that made reporting so difficult for me was that I was always in it with the source. Like if if I'm interviewing someone who's, um, you know, family member just passed away in a tragic accident and they're sitting there and crying, the thing that journalism school tells you to do is to like hand them a tissue and keep recording and like keep a stone face. But that's not me. It never was me. Like I would be tearing up with them, not in an inappropriate way in which they would be consoling me, but just showing that I was a human. And I really always had a hard time with the fact that journalism kind of discouraged you from being a human and wanted you to be this like 
unbiased, like unpartisan uh, robot, because I just don't think that that is like the, the reality that we are all living in. We all have things that we bring to stories and things and uh, like similar situations that we can draw from that make people more comfortable in sharing rather than just like looking at someone with like a flat expression while you're, you know, struggling with something. Yeah. Um, a lot of my work came from, well, really, I did a lot of work around sexual harassment when I was doing um breaking news reporting and I would share with the women, you know, like I'm in this with you. Like this happened to me this morning at work. Like I know it's happening to you too. And that little bit of like dropping the guard down, um, which is something I get to do with my clients now constantly because it's, I'm in charge and there's not like some dusty, like white guy that's in charge of the newspaper <laughs> that's yelling at me to like be more quote unquote professional. Um, I know how powerful that is to people. So I think that like that vulnerability is something I'm always encouraging people to really like tap into and just to like believe, even if they don't like totally believe it deep, deep down, like just, just pretending you do for a little while until it, it sinks in. Yeah. And I think even you just discussing like relatability, like it just being relatable in so many different areas, like just being somebody who is the person that was color coding their spreadsheets or whatever their their yeah. chore chart when they were a kid like there's somebody that's going to hear that or read that on the other end and say oh my god i wish i knew somebody like that or oh my god i wish that was that is me and that is me and i can now have the you know confidence to go out and say like i'm the person that did this and i think just bringing back the human connection is so important. And Bridget and I, like we put that at the forefront of our whole entire business. Like we tell everybody make relationships with these media experts and like, just like have fun. Like it doesn't have to be that serious. Like let's all have fun and just be human. And it just, it makes number one, it makes or two, like that's how the magic works. Like just collaboration and and just being human beings. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. I'm always in favor of being a human being and not being like, I don't know. I talk about this a lot, but um, I think that we're all told like having an opinion is unprofessional or like being ourselves is quote unquote unprofessional. And I just could not disagree more. Um, The most clients I get are from when I'm posting like the most random things on Instagram about like, being behind a lady at Wawa who's buying 4,000 lottery tickets or, you know, learning to cue in yoga and not remembering anything and kind of being like, what the F is this next pose or whatever it is. Like that's where people are coming to me and like DMing me. It's not when I'm posting about, um, I mean, sometimes it is when I'm posting storytelling resources, but that's what people connect to. And to your point, Lydia, of um, the color-coded spreadsheets, like any grounding details like that, really um they work on a lot of levels but they would just work on like a scientific level because i'm sure when anyone heard that detail you can kind of slot in your own childhood quirky behavior and it just makes you feel automatically like you know that person and sends you those like hits of dopamine that we all crave as beings so yes i did not like you color code my spreadsheets but it reminds me of you know writing my poems in my in my books when i was a little girl and i'm like oh i see this um maybe i don't see this action in myself but i see this emotion and this drive from this little girl and now i'm bought in i trust you 
Yeah, I love that so much. Even you like talking about that. I'm like emotional just thinking about <laughs> the the little things that I used to do as a kid and like what made me feel good and how that's integrated into the work that I do today. So thank you for sharing that. I have a question for you about like, what was, okay, what was the first article that kind of went viral that you felt really good about or like got like really high numbers and you were like, Ooh, like this feels really good. Oh, that's a, oh, I keep saying they're good questions. They really are though. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so this is like not a fun article per se, but like, I'm going to preface it by saying nobody was harmed. Um, okay. It was okay. I did work in breaking news at the time. So the okay. matter was not, um, you know, it wasn't something about Venus retrograde. Let's just say that. Um, so I, my first, I'll say my first front page story for the Boston Globe, which was like, I had been working there like nights and weekends and whenever I was like not work, not at college. Um, you know what? No, we're going to go back to a student one. Different okay. example. Okay. So young Jackie, I am in high school. I'm like 16 I just became the editor-in-chief of our school newspaper, The Ink Blot, which was like, I might as well have been Anna Wintour at the head of Vogue. I was like, <laughs> like, let's go. Like, we're like, I was like chopping heads. I'm firing people. I'm yelling at people. Like, I was an absolute tyrant. Um, <laughs> so my first week of being editor, I'm putting out my first issue, loving it, like so, so excited. And there was this senior prank at my school where the students, um, like I said, I went to like a vocational school, so it was much smaller and we had this like field day basically, but there was a pie eating contest and the seniors rather than eating the pies, pie the teachers in the faces, in their face. So this was like scandal ran through communications high school. And I was like, this is my Watergate. Like I am getting in on the ground level. We have the photos. I'm interviewing my Spanish teacher about the cost of the damages to her bra. Like I was just like in the zone. And that was the time, like, I'm not going to say that went viral, maybe within like the four walls of my school, but I felt so powerful. I got to interview my uh, principal and ask him like what the repercussions were going to be. And of course it was like, it was stupid. It was pieing people in the face, but it was important for the students that got in trouble. Um, you know, I got to ask questions about what would happen, whether their names would be released, whether their colleges would be notified, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and for me, it just showed me that like my excitement and drive towards these things would yield results. And I did, um, you know, run this big picture that I found from one of the students of like the teachers really getting um, pied in the face. And I still have that newspaper um near my desk at, at home um but I will say that was like the best the most exciting um like first story that like really had an impact and I believe I won an award for that at the time but I'm not remembering because I am now 31 and not 17 um but that was very exciting I love being frame that frame that <laughs> frame it. my yeah, no, water I gate like I'm done goodbye <laughs> You're such a, you really are such a great storyteller. And as we start to wrap it out, I would love to hear, like, just hear some of your best tips. How do you tell such good stories? How are you getting us emotionally connected? I'm leaning in, like, I'm, I'm all ears for anything you're saying. You are hyping me up today and I love it. Um, So I think like, 
So I was going to tell you a story about like the first story that mine that truly went viral, which was about like a threat on a Pokemon event. Um, but it wasn't really exciting to me at the time. It was exciting that I got on front page, but that was about all that was exciting about it. So I think one big tip is like, do you feel excited about sharing this story? Um, I felt really excited to share that pieing in the face story with you because I love to talk about that. So that I think served the purpose of this conversation way better than me saying like, well, I called the state police and then da, 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 da. that was more like maybe like literally impactful in the world, right? Like I reported on a bomb scare that um, everybody was fine. Again, the threat was dissolved. There was no threat. But anyway, me telling that story, I, even now I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't, I'm not excited about it. You guys don't seem excited about it. So it's like that versus the story of the pieing in the face. I remember every detail because it was like a, you know, a pivotal moment for me. So like really tapping into like your own emotions before you share a story to be like, is this the one or is this the one? Um, I think that's a big thing. Using details like, um, you know, the fact that I interviewed my Spanish teacher about her bra. Um, I always remember that because I just thought that, that was hysterical as a teenager and as an adult that that was like why it took such a dark turn for these students is because they had, you know, messed up like Senora Campbell's bra. I was like, why is this? Like, it was funny at first and then it wasn't because of whatever. So things like that, those like little tiny, like weird details that people are like, what? And again, it like you insert your own details or your own high school experience from there. So I say my high school Spanish teacher, and I'm sure like somebody else is thinking about what would happen if this happened in their own high school. And then I think, um, again, going back to the, the tip of like people don't think things are interesting. Like if you believe that it's interesting, the story that you're telling, the people you're telling it to are going to believe that as well. And they're going to be hooked in with you. So like bringing that level of excitement and being like, hey, like you need to hear this story because of X, Y, and Z reason. And like really feeling that in your body. These are all like more, I would say somatic tips. Um, I'll give like a more like practical tip is, so with my framework, I have a, I like to start people with something that I call an effort moment, which is when you take a radically different um, path. So for me, my ethic, one of my ethic moments was leaving journalism, but you can take it on a smaller scale. So in that, um, in that pieing in the face story, right? So my ethic moment was we had a different paper, like in the, you know, in the bank. And then I was like, ethic, I'm going to go and pursue this big story. And that like sort of like bucking the establishment, I think really, even though it was like my high school journalism teacher, I think really speaks to people and like gets them in their feelings. And it also allows the storyteller to really tap into the empowerment of that moment of saying no and going off and doing their own thing. Um, so that is something that I always focus on. So if you can think of like moments of your life where you were at a crossroads and you chose um to do things differently I think those always make a great story even if it's like parking in a spot that's different at the grocery store like your motivations behind all of those things are interesting so cool I'm like 
notes but in my mind yeah this is this is so so cool I love the way that you break it down you do such a good job I I know that we're likely gonna collaborate in so many different ways absolutely there's so much synergy here so let's wrap things up but I need to know two things what are your astrology signs and where can people find you yeah like okay Okay, we're gonna have to do a round robin of astrology but I am a uh, Scorpio sun a Scorpio rising and a Capricorn moon um, so double Scorpio and people can find me on Instagram at Jack Temp. So it's J-A-C-K-T-E-M-P um, and on my website, which is JackieTempera.com. So cool. I can like all the Scorpio. I feel like that's your ability to go so deep with people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like pierce through it. Yeah. So, so Scorpio, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Well, we've just been so grateful to have you here today. What a just beautiful kind of kismet conversation that we've had. You are an incredible storyteller. I, yeah, so, so grateful that you've been on the show today, Jackie. Thank you ladies so much. I really appreciate this opportunity and I'm so excited to um, meet you in person sometime very, very soon. (laughs) Yes, we'll figure something out for sure. It's needed. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for watching another episode of Visibility Era. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Visibility on Purpose or jump into our free Facebook community. It's called Visibility on Purpose Community. Please give us a five-star review, rate us, write us a little comment if you feel so inclined. We are so grateful to have you here on this journey with us.